Brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware Stores. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Dina Martin, I thought it was Deanna, it's Dina, uh, has been making herself available to the media. Mm-hmm. Uh, her dad, Dean Martin, had a big hit with Baby It's Cold Outside in 1959. And and she is a foe of, of any efforts to uh, uh, contend that the song is... Uh, untoward in any way. She finds it to be charming and flirtatious and fun, and, and that's exactly what it is. Right. And so what the hell, we called her and had a chat with her, and she's a pushbacker. I like that. Yeah, I yeah, like that. I do too. You going to play it? You want me to? Yeah. Where are you? Where have we reached you? Uh, well, I'm in uh, Branson, Missouri right now. Uh, and we are uh, reaching out to you because uh, gratefully, thankfully, you've taken a position on this ridiculous non-controversy on the song Baby It's Cold Outside. You bet. I, I, I think people have lost their minds. Well, <laughs> look, on, on the show, we call it power washing. Let me see if I can explain that quickly to you. Power, okay, please. Po- power washing is what happens when people with dark intentions take something completely innocent and then essentially ruin it for everybody. The term comes from about a year ago, a city councilman in Seattle whose name escapes me, came outside the city hall and he saw a fellow power washing the steps of the city hall. And he said that was evocative of turning hoses on civil rights workers in the 60s and he didn't want a power washer used like that. And I couldn't believe it. And ever since then, we've used that term power washing. So here's what happened. The song Baby It's Cold Outside got power washed. Wow, now I understand that. That is an amazing story, and I will I will remember that because <clears throat> it's you know I do understand when I think it came over on my Twitter and I I saw that the uh, the radio station in Ohio had banned "Baby It's Cold Outside" and I thought this is absolutely ridiculous and I tweeted I think this is crazy what do you think mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it went kind of viral because it is insanity. And I do understand it was, you know, they said it was a hashtag Me Too, and I, I'm i all for Me Too. That's understandable, you know, and it's good that it's been brought to the forefront. But this sweet, fun, Frank Lesser song that was written in, what, 1944? Yes. He, he would sing with his wife, Lynn, at parties. It's fun, it's flirty, it's sexy, and it's, uh, it's all American, <laughs> if you know what I mean. So it was just absurd to me we have to stop the insanity the pc police have you know just lost their minds you and i are about the same age born in the same generation and when you were growing up it didn't occur to you to think untoward of that song did it no absolutely not that was uh, you know it was like going out on a date and come to think of it you know i'm thinking those days sometimes we even had chaperones to go places <laughs> you know and if i got home late you know my dad was upset with me and but I didn't think of anything uh, anything wrong with that. No, your Just dad. Say, what's, 
your dad, of course, is Dean Martin. We lost Dean, That's right. what, in 1995, I think? And Yes, on Christmas. But he had, did he have a hit with the song in 1959? In, yes, he did. It was a huge hit, and it's been, it's been a holiday Christmas classic uh, since then. And for this to, to happen now, it was just, you know, as I say, just absurd to me. And so many people have recorded it. And, in fact, I even think that Richard Rogers, uh, when uh, Frank Lesser wrote it, he called Frank. He said, this is a, a brilliant song. It's witty. It's classic. It's, um, you know, he thought it was one of the best written songs ever. And so for these people to try and ban that song, and thank heavens that we've spoken out, because a lot of the, a lot of the radio stations that banned it have put it back on. Yeah, while well, you're pushing back. There seems to be a mystery about who your dad sang it with. Are you aware of that mystery? Well, the, the first day, it was, they were backup singers. You know, it was, um, it was the people who would sing with him. You know, so, but then when he recorded it, when they re-released it, it was Martina McBride. Right, and that was done through studio trickery, right? Because Dean had exactly. already died. At, yeah. yeah, at Capitol. Well, yeah. I found a great story. Maybe you're not aware of it. Uh, he recorded the song for his 1959 album, A Winter Romance, with, mm-hmm. a, uh, with a chorus of women, although some reports say it was Marilyn Maxwell. The trick is in the assumption that the song that we've been associating with the 1959 album wasn't. It's apparently, it comes from uh, a radio show. Dean originally performed the duet with Marilyn Maxwell on his radio show with Jerry Lewis called The Martin and Lewis Show in 1949. And that is the source of the duet. On one of the shows, Marilyn Maxwell was the guest. They did a sketch about gangsters, and the sketch ended something like this. Dean said, well, Rocky, uh, uh, well, Rocky's gone. Marilyn, yep, Rocky's gone. Well, I better be getting home. Dean, but Marilyn, you can't go now. Marilyn, I can't. Why not? Dean, because, baby, it's cold outside, and then the song begins. Oh, my gosh. Yes. You just gave me chills. Why didn't I know that? Well, because well, you didn't do your homework. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that I something? I didn't. So that was patched together from a 1949 radio show and appeared on his 1959 album. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, that is, and I'm surprised Jerry Lewis didn't tell me that. You know, the, 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 other, the other thing, get, get back to power washing. I, uh-huh. I, I can't imagine what it's like to see a power washing affect something that you're familiar with, something that happened in your own family. Yeah. What oh, would your was... What would your dad say if he was alive today about this? Oh, he would just say it's ridiculous, and he would say, "I'm going to continue to sing this song mm-hmm. because you know my, you know when you think about Dean Martin, and he there was nothing PC about him. He was oh. sweet and kind, but you know, I mean, you think about the the roasts or his TV shows and everything. It, uh, I don't know that they could. Uh, it would happen nowadays. I don't think it could. So easily offended. And, you know, we're raising a lot of little weak people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and so my dad would have just said, oh, it's ridiculous. He, he said, I, you know, I'm going to go on singing this song. Same with me. I'm going to continue to sing Baby, It's Cold Outside. Was, and, was, uh, was growing up with Dean, uh, uh, you sound very fond of your father. Was he a hands-on guy? Was he always around? You know what? He was, well, uh, first of all, he worked so much. Right. Uh, his body of work was amazing. But he, if he wasn't doing a, a show, if he wasn't uh, doing a movie, he'd get up in the morning, go play golf, 
and then he would uh, come home. He was home every night for dinner. He'd have he'd sit down for a half hour with my mom. They'd have a cocktail, and all the kids, seven of us, sit down and we'd have dinner. And he was just fun and sweet and kind. He was funny. Everybody in the neighborhood wanted to come over to our house because Dad was was great. He wasn't someone who's was going to sit down with me and do my homework. Right. But he was he was he was cool. I you know that's the only thing I can say. He was cool and fun, and all of his friends, Uncle Frank, Uncle Sammy. You know, it was uh, an amazing, an amazing life. Did the Rat Pack hang out at your house? Well, no one. Well, yeah, they would come over. <laughs> we'd have a party, but yeah, <laughs> of course. Imagine you have Sammy Kahn sitting on the on the piano playing time after time, mm-hmm. and people are singing. Or it would be Christmas, and uh, Rosemary Clooney would be over, and we'd sing. Uh, you know, have yourself a merry little Christmas. Mm-hmm. It was an amazing life. I know I keep saying that word, but it it was. And to grow up with all of these people, went to Beverly Hills Catholic School with little Lucy and little Desi Arnez, mm-hmm. and I went to Marymount with Tina Sinatra. So we we hung out together, and it was uh, quite quite a life. What has your own career been like? It's been terribly successful, as I understand. Yes, it has. I started in country music with uh, Lee uh, Lee Hazelwood wrote a song for me, and it was called uh, Girl of the Month Club. Mm-hmm. So I started with that, then I went into rock and roll. I had a, a band called the Chromium-Plated Streamline Baby, and we played the Whiskey A Go-Go. And then when my dad passed away on Christmas in 1995, I started playing, you know, I wanted to hear his music again. Yeah. So I started playing all of his music, and I said, you know what? My God, this is so good. Because, you know, when you're growing up and that's your dad, you're not thinking that way. But then I thought, my God, it's so good. And that's when I started recording The Great American Songbook with fantastic writers and with fantastic musicians and arrangers. And it's been it's been thrilling for me, and it's something that I love to do. And, I, you know, for some reason I got my dad's sense of humor, and I bring that into the shows, and people are just loving it. And especially after a show, when they come up to me, you know, signing autographs or books or CDs, and they say, my God, you know, I just see your dad. Thank you so much. I'm his uh, biggest fan. And now they're saying, now I'm your biggest, you know, I'm, I'm your biggest fan now. So it's, it's great. I read, I read something about your dad. You tell me if it's true or not. Did it, is okay. It, is it true that he had a fear of hospitals? Well, he didn't like hospitals. You know, a fear, uh, probably. Okay. You know, he didn't like, he didn't like, um, he was a little claustrophobic, and he didn't like to be in in small places. Right. But he didn't love going to the to the hospital. No. But uh, a fear of it. Yeah, you know, we could we could say that. <laughs> was he cheering he on? Was he cheering on you kids? I mean, there was Dino, Desi, and Billy. They had a couple of right. hits. Uh, you had to uh-huh. hang around with those guys, I would imagine. Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were fun. Yep. In fact, I still hang around. You know, with Desi. Billy. Billy comes to my show. In fact, in Vegas one night. Uh, Desi and Billy came up and sang back up for me for Memories Are Made of This. And it was Dina, Desi, and Billy all over again. Yeah. Well, yeah, Billy, so is, Billy is Billy Hinch, right? Billy Hinchy. Hinchy. Yeah, and he, he didn't he tour with the Beach Boys for ages? Yes, absolutely. Uh, still does sometimes. And, and there's another group that you would have known because your sister, is it Jenna or Gina? Gina. Gina married yes. Carl Wilson, right? Yeah, Carl Wilson. So we were all... Uh, it was all all connected, 
And uh, everybody, we all went to Beverly Hills Catholic School together. And Annie and she, Billy's sister, was in my in my class. So we were good friends, and it was uh, quite remarkable that life in Beverly Hills at that time. Did your dad go to mass on Sundays? Yes. Really? And <laughs> yes, and you know the same church. It was uh, the Church of the Good Shepherd, and. Actually, you know, now I'm I'm thinking in uh, Christmas Christmas Eve we'd go to midnight mass. Yep. And then we would yeah it was uh, it was great. <clears throat> Excuse me. But he you were were you born in New York? I was born in New York, and then we moved when Dad was doing when Dad and Jerry were doing uh, my friend Irma goes west. Everybody moved out to uh, California. And and my Dad brought my grandparents there. And then we moved out there. And weren't you on your dad's show quite often, the Dean Martin show? I was on quite often, and we would sing duets together. And I'll tell you, it was quite an experience because, you know, my dad didn't go to the rehearsals all week. Mm-hmm. When he made that deal, when he made the deal with NBC to do a, a weekly radio show, he said, I will do it, but I do not want to rehearse, and I do not want to go in until Sunday after I play golf. And then I'll take the show. <laughs> what, what golf club was he a member of? Oh, let's see. Um, Bel Air right. and uh, Hillcrest and uh, L.A. But he lo- he loved uh, Bel Air. And I'm trying to think of the one that was out on Amalfi. can't remember the name of that one right now. Was he a good but player? He loved. Oh, he was. Uh, at one point, he was a scratch player. Really? But he was. Oh, yeah. He would walk around the house holding a golf club, uh, holding a golf club and swinging so that he could perfect his grip. Well, he wasn't going to let rehearsal interfere with his golf game. <laughs> no, he was not. That wasn't going to happen. But they would give him a cassette, and he would he would learn all of his songs. But he didn't really know who was going to be on the show until he, uh, I guess he drove into NBC on that Sunday afternoon. He'd go in, watch a run-through, look at his cue cards, uh, do a run-through of the songs with the cast, and then he would uh, get dressed, and he was brilliant at what he did. Ten years for that Dean Martin variety show, and it was like putting on a Broadway show every week. He did didn't you, know the skits. Did, did you ever do Baby It's Cold Outside with your dad? No, because that would have been creepy. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do it with, <laughs> I do it with uh, other people. You know, that hadn't that's occurred a, to me. You're right. That would be creepy. That's not a song to do with No, yet, you don't I, do that with your I dad. Did, I, did, I did do True Love mm-hmm. with him, and that's on my Destination Moon album. And that was my husband, Handsome John, found the original handwritten Nelson Riddle arrangement of the Cole Porter song True Love. And we went into the studio, re-recorded it with fabulous musicians. And then there I was at Capitol Studios, and I would hear my dad sing, and I did the duet with him. And Al Schmidt was the engineer, and he's the one who put it together for me. He's the one who put together Nat and Natalie Cole's Unforgettable. How did it come so to be? I, how did it come to be that you're a pilot? Ah, well, first of all, my brother Dean Paul. Oh, right. you know, he grew up flying. Right. You know, and he would fly me to Palm Springs, and and he, he gave me a a love of flying. But then my handsome husband John is a pilot, and he said, um, you know, I'd love to take you places and. And, you know, just fly around. He said, but if something happened to me, I'd like for you to be able to land the plane. I said, okay. well, that would be good. But they don't teach you just how to land. So I I decided, well, let's become a pilot. Have and you... I did. And it's uh, it's a freeing, fabulous, a little scary in the beginning, 
but uh, I love I love flying. And we have a beautiful plane, and it's uh, a 310 Cessna, and it's called Volare. Oh, wonderful. Volare means to fly. Will you be performing in the Twin Cities at all? Uh, I'm going to have to ask my husband. You know, right now, I, I'm only thinking one uh, month. I think I'm, where am I next? I'm in uh, Florida, Sarasota. But we all let you know, because you should come see the show. I think you're... I think all of your fans would love it also. Uh, well, I would love to. And, I, 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 again, I think it's important that people like you who have a stake in this, have a family interest in this, you've, you, uh, you've got to continue pushing back at the people who would, would assign some darkness to what essentially was nothing but a charming, flirtatious song. Exactly. And I agree with you, and I'm going to. And I will sing it whenever I can, and uh, even, even when it isn't the holiday season. But we will, I'm going to stick up for that, and we can't let them get away with uh, things like this. Because what's next? Are they going to ban strangers in the night? Let me tell you something about power washing, ever since I noted it. Mm -hmm. I'll give you another example of it. There are two schools, uh, two elementary schools in Oregon named Lynch Elementary School. And the, the, the schools are named for a former farmer named Lynch who donated the property to the school board. And last year, someone went to a school board meeting and said, we must change the name of this school because that word is evocative of lynching. Well, it's, the, it's, oh. one of the, it's about the third most popular last name in the country. Does everybody have to change their name now? That's another example of power washing. You're absolutely right. It's absurd. And I will, I'm going to stick to my guns, but you, you keep doing it too. And I, I had not heard about power washing, but now it's going to be in my vocabulary. Well, now you have power washing and you have the story of Marilyn Maxwell in the 1949 radio show. <laughs> I know. And, you know, so, I mean, that put a smile on my face because I, I, had, I had no idea. And I, unless I had forgotten. Because I know Jerry would have told me. Because right. Jerry told me everything. Okay. <laughs> yeah. When he was writing, when I was writing my book, and I went to his boat to talk to him about, you know, getting some more stories, and he said, you know, Dina, I'm writing a book about your dad. I said, well, wow. And he said, do you want to know the title? I said, sure. What is it? He said, Dean and me, a love story. Really? And then I said, I said, well, that's a little creepy too. <laughs> he laughed. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, you know, he adored my father, and they were just probably the the greatest comedy team ever for those 10 years and it was uh, they had as uh, jerry called it uh, uh, uh magic in a bottle what would jerry's reaction be to this controversy i, I keep oh, saying he, controversy oh, oh my god he would have started the whole thing right right you know i mean he's uh i mean please he was he was out there <laughs> yes he was <laughs> yeah he was and uh, just a, a a dear friend and i i love his family and you know, we grew. I grew up together, but he always made me laugh. Dina, I appreciate your time. Thank you, and let us know when you get to the Twin Cities. I will do that, and thank you very much. Keep up the great work. All right, thank, thank you. you. All right, uh-huh. Dina, Dina Martin, who is uh, pushing back in the garage logic way of uh, saying to uh, the dark people, uh, "Don't mess with baby. It's cold outside. Don't uh, don't introduce darkness to it. It was nothing but charming and playful and fun." This guy has seen more urban wildlife than a DNR field agent with a Ph.D., Joe Suchere. Uh Let's continue the... Uh, what a great interview, by the way. How fun was that? She was fun. Yeah. That was, uh, it was casual. Yeah. Yeah. A Kentucky radio station 
uh, has made its opinion on the controversial. See, it's not controversial. No, but you but, caught yourself that one time. Well, but that's that's because it's been power washed. Is is it controversial right. uh, on the song "Baby It's Cold Outside" uh, this week? Playing it uh, on repeat during a two-hour marathon on Sunday, so they're pushing back. Ah, uh, let me see if I can get you the name of the station. Although it's in Kentucky, what what do we have to right. do about that? Uh, other radio stations uh, reevaluated the song after WDOK uh, uh, Christmas 102 took it off the uh, airwaves in, uh, I think, in Cleveland. Uh, but now uh, Kentuckians are able to listen to it on WKKY, uh, and they're playing it uh, non nonstop. So there's some power washing. Got it. Got it. Glad they selected a different letter for right. their last uh, call what? letter. What did I say? WKKY. What did I say? Yeah, you, you, said no, you said it correctly. We're just. I'm just. You made us. Nervous. I got nervous. W. K K. W L K Y, or W A K. I don't know what it is. Oh, I it's, thought it was W K. It's not important. There's radio no. stations out there. Right. Pushing back. They got yeah, them. That's that's the message. Pushing back. You know, you talk to somebody like her, you're never going to get the straight dope. What do you mean? I thought she was pretty Oh, no, frank. I mean, you, you, I can't imagine what that upbringing must have been like. Oh, that part, yeah. I mean, come on. Oh, she's got to cover it. Oh, yeah, you went to Our Lady of the, Our Lady of the Drink every uh, Sunday. Well, I love the fact that the dean would, uh, he wasn't going to let anything interfere with golf. No. <laughs> He's going to come. No rehearsing. I'm just going to come by and. Uh, I was surprised. I didn't know there was a Beverly Hills Catholic high school. Oh, sure. You can get them. Hmm. They, they got them there. Huh. But uh, the roast she was talking about, I'm, I'm vaguely familiar with those. Those used oh, to be the, televised, right? Yes, the Dean Martin roast yeah. with made roll out Foster Brooks. or. Yeah. Uh, and she's right. You probably couldn't do that today. Well, you they couldn't still, make Blazing Saddles today. They still do the roast on Comedy Central. I guess I, I couldn't compare the two because I, I don't re- recall ever seeing an old one. I've never seen a new one. I've seen all yeah, the old sure ones. Yeah, sure you have. Uh, we talked about the one with, uh, oh, for crying out loud, who was just featured on one. Well, they do them all. The, they do them like once, once a year or so. Now you're not confusing with the Friars. No, 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 no. They they do the. It's called the Comedy Central roast. But I, I think the old Dean Martin roast. They would get a little ribald. Uh, ribald yes. is that the word ribald? Uh, that I don't know. They would get it, a little uh, uh, questionable. Yes. And everybody thought it was hilarious. I remember those like yesterday. You know what I've stumbled on? I don't even know how it happened. I was looking up something on YouTube. and How to make a snow angel if you're Irish. <laughs> yeah, I was looking that up. But I was offered uh, some Jonathan Winters uh, appearances on The Tonight Show. Yeah. And now I can't I can't stop watching them. I, I, I think they're so extraordinarily funny, I can't stop watching them. Uh, you might not remember, you're a little younger, but Winters would come on The Tonight Show, and occasionally what Carson would do, he would have a variety of hats, and he'd give Winters a hat. It might be a sailor's cap, and then Winters would be a sailor. Uh, <laughs> or he'd give him a— uh, Elmer Fudd hunting cap. Yes, and honest to God. Uh, and he stayed in character for the entire time he was— With that hat. With and that then hat he'd on. give him a new hat, and he would change characters. And it just—God, this guy was funny. I always thought he was, but I hadn't seen him now for years. And all of a sudden, here are these uh, uh, great clips of him are showing up uh, on YouTube. If you ever want a real belly laugh, just uh, YouTube uh, Jonathan Winters on The Tonight Show. 
Jonathan Winters was the uh, hero of Robin Williams, and you can see so much of Robin Williams' act and how he said, basically, I, I do what Jonathan Winters did. Right. There's Well, that's one of the clips you can see on YouTube is the night Williams and Winters were on together. Oh, boy. And, and it, you that can, would just be too much comedy that would just be like bursting. That show would be bursting with laughs. No, 18 bleeping times. But but Winters oh. was not as frantic as uh, Robin Williams. Robin uh, Williams was. He, he was, moved he around. Was, hey, he was oh. a neurotic He was mess. falling apart. Really? I, mean, he, I love him. I, yeah. I'm a big Robin Williams fan, but you. you Anytime he's on, you know, when he would go on Letterman, mm-hmm. he was he couldn't sit still. No, he can't sit still, but Winters could. He'd come out and sit down. And- but that takes talent. That takes actual creative talent where, you know, you'll watch Trevor Noah, and it's one Trump bashing line after another. Oh, yeah. Well, we've, it, we've, we've, we've established that, that late-night television no oh, longer exists. Terrible. No longer Robin exists. Williams. Oh, reality. What a concept. Mm-hmm. Say, we, we need to visit the Gumption County Institute for the Criminally Incompetent. Uh Offsite correspondent Jordy uh, has provided this. A North Carolina inmate's uh, elaborate plans to blow up a jail uh, for his grand escape was thwarted after he mailed the details of the plot to the wrong address. Uh, (laughs) That wasn't part of the... When you said elaborate... I, I knew right away it was a ding-ding. Well, there's a picture of him here, and I don't think it could have been elaborate. Sean uh, Casto. I got to get better glasses, don't I? These aren't working today. Do you need another couple drops? No. Yeah, a couple grand. Uh, Sean, uh, somebody, 43, had planned to escape uh, Almanance County Detection uh, Detention Center before he mixed up mailing addresses that sent his uh, Evil plan to letter, take over the world. Uh, with details of his scheme to a woman uh, that was at the wrong address. So they, they had the Ooh. whistle blown on them. But Jordy notes that uh, uh, I bet drawing a mask on their face with magic marker was in the plot, too. <laughs> sure. <laughs> that was one of the best. And whoever was supposed to receive the elaborate plans yeah. every day, you know, walked down the uh, driveway to the mailbox that uh, had the thing up and peered in and nothing. Damn it, where are those plans? Well, why why even would you have bothered to mail the plans to anybody? I don't know. If I was in jail, I would assume they go through everything. Don't well, here, they? I thought you'd celebrate that aspect of it since they were using the postal service. The woman well. said she received the letter from the prison on December 6th that contained a detailed drawing of the facility and instructions uh, for making a bomb. The letter uh, <laughs> stated the bomb would have been uh, planted on the south side of the detention center where it would detonate, creating a hole to help Castanina and others escape. The woman uh, reported the letter to authorities who later found more evidence uh, in Castanino's cell and uh, recorded phone conversations that he was planning the bombing and escape. So that's been been thwarted now. And I bet part of his elaborate plan when he was going to go out of the hole there, he had the— the blankets in the bed with the mop head and uh, kind of like crunched over. To say, oh, yeah, he's in there. Yep, it's okay. There he is. Check off, Carlos. Did you see this picture of Dina Martin? <clears throat> yes. She's an attractive gal. Uh, yes, she is. She's kept her uh, attractiveness. That's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's 70. She's 70? Yeah. She doesn't look 70. No, she looks really good. No. Really attractive. But I, like you, I imagine what she saw over the years and just... In that house, and 
you see pictures of the 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 family sitting by the pool and well and one thing he's got a little drink going that struck me listening to her is is she seems like she's normal and someone being raised in that type of environment you would think just the opposite did the kids stay in the news during maybe his? De- maybe Dean was more normal than his public persona. That could be. Yeah, yeah that could be. Well, she, she she even said. Yeah. Yeah, he was here. He, he was, wasn't going to help he, her with her homework. No, but he was he was a good dad. He was yeah. around. He, yeah, he was around. He him and Ma had the cocktail hour. Sure. You know, that was an American tradition. That's a for, good plan for quite some. time. And then how long couldn't you swim? Oh, one hour, which Why? was complete. Well, because they had to have one more drink. <laughs> that whole BS about you can't swim for an hour after yeah. you eat was a scam uh, uh, created by parents who just didn't want to get up from the table. Yet. No. <laughs> you know. I'm going to have one more cocktail. Yeah, you have to. Have one more ice-cold beer. <laughs> ice-cold beer. One more ice-cold beer. It's the end of the world as we know it. Well, Hillary won't go away. She's still here? Hillary Rodham Clinton just just can't pack it in. Now what? Is she forcing her way into the White House? She wrote a letter to an 8-year-old Maryland girl to console her after the 8-year-old girl lost a class president election to a boy by just one vote. This is according to the Washington Post. This is news. As I know too well, it's not easy when you stand up and put yourself in contention for a role that's only been sought by boys, Clinton wrote. Clinton became the first woman to be nominated as presidential candidate but lost to Trump. We know that. The girl who received Clinton's letter is Martha Kennedy Morales, a third grader at a private Quaker school in College Park, Maryland. The third grader campaigned to become class president during a unit on the U.S. government for a combined third and fourth grade class. Okay. The Washington Post obtained a copy of Clinton's letter that read in part, While I know you may have been disappointed that you did not win president, I am so proud of you for deciding to run in the first place. As I know too well, it's not easy when you stand up and put yourself in contention for a role that's only been sought by boys. Hmm. What a freak. How does she know five other girls weren't also running? Right. Uh, the most important thing is that you fought for what you believed in, and that is always worth it. As you continue to learn and grow in the years fight? ahead. What did you fight for what you believe in at that age? fought for what you believe in. Longer lunches. <laughs> Let's go. More library time. As you continue to learn and grow in the years ahead, never stop standing up for what is right and seeking opportunities to be a leader. And know that I am cheering you on for a future of great success. With best wishes and warm regards, I am sincerely yours. Hillary Rodham Clinton. You couldn't play that. Yeah, I'm gonna have to cut that out. I'll cut that out. I'll leave it in there. No, I can't. Six ballots in the classroom election. This this story goes on. More? Oh yeah, yeah. She she continues. Six ballots in the classroom election were declared invalid because they were not correctly filled out. In the end, Martha lost by one vote. She was named vice president. Now I get to be the tiebreaker if the House and Senate can't agree, Martha wrote in a statement about what she would do in the U.S. government as vice president. And I have meetings with the president. That's all I know that I can do. Hmm. Martha's dad, Albert, said his daughter was serious about winning. He regularly posted Martha's campaign updates on his Facebook page where he also revealed the disappointing results. Ooh. Get over it, kid. Mm-hmm. Uh 
Brian Weaver, a Democratic political activist, said some of Albert Morales' friends were following the Facebook post and were upset when she lost. Who who cares? Right. She lost. Come on. A friend of mine who runs a bar on U Street welled up with tears, he told the newspaper. No. That's when someone— uh, We don't know that. That's when, quote, someone who knows Clinton, close quote, took note of the post and decided to mention it to her. After Clinton heard what happened, she decided to write the girl a letter. My mom was just picking me up from school, and she pulled the letter out of her purse. Martha said I opened it up, and it was a letter from Hillary Clinton. I was very surprised. I had a little extra time, so I wrote this letter. <laughs> Albert, Albert Morales told the news outlet, My wife texted me a copy and said Martha was just very happy and excited and surprised that Hillary would take the time to write her. Then the girl balled up the letter and threw it out the car window. No, it doesn't no, say that. No, I was going to say that. Martha, who turns nine next week, is crafting a thank you note for Clinton. The Washington Post stated that it verified with a Clinton spokesperson that the letter was authentic. It's authentic, all right. And it sends the message that you lost, uh, little lady, because you're a, a female. It's, it's, it's no different than what Lisa Bender pulled last week when it was revealed that she was Shoveling. fined six times for a failure to shovel snow. And she accused the Star Tribune of sexism. And they wouldn't have done that had it been a male. Yes, they would. Yeah, they would. This have has nothing sure. to do with gender. You lost the class president race, little girl. Too bad. Maybe you'll win next year. How did it make you feel? Lousy. You're going to fight harder next time for more library what time. Is she, you're, you, that was a great catch on your part. What, what is she fighting for? The, the former first lady advises her to continue to fight. But, you know, there's nothing to fight for as an eight or nine-year-old. You're, you're eight years old. What are you fighting you're for? You're learning the process. You're not fighting. Uh, where does it say this? That's one thing that's wrong with politics. See, I want to fight. Here, here, here. The most important thing is that you fought for what you believed in. I don't no, think she fought. I think she, she, nobody's fighting, Hillary. I think she, I, she put a couple of uh, campaign signs that she drew herself. Vote for Martha. Up in the stairwell, right, and in the gym, and that was the effort. Uh, how many of these uh, class elections have taken place in the United States this fall, uh, and, and girls did win? Right. I'm sure many. I beat Schmitty uh, by 11 votes for uh, class president senior year in high school. Schmitty the sports barber. Oh, yeah? Johnny Schmidt. Yeah. But I, I, I'm I, really believing now that the fix was on. I think they— the, I think They the, wanted you for entertainment? The administration just wanted me for entertainment purposes. <laughs> Schmitty just wasn't funny enough, so they may have fixed it. Yeah. He may have got more votes, but I got the popular vote, or whatever that is. I don't know. No, he got— you He got, got the popular You vote. got the electoral college. That's what I got. I think he got the popular vote. Yeah. So did you fulfill your term as class president? Uh, I did. And you what did me- you fight for? Uh, lunches. Longer lunches. And like I said, yeah. uh, more gymnasium time. What, why do you think, let me just try to get in here. Why do you think that I would have ran for class president? What would I have had to do during school? Not be in class. Yeah, you would have gotten out of class. Damn it. Get out of here. Get out of that's what, If I win... I'm going to student council meetings. Yeah. You know, they're going to send the yep. student council to the special. We need to do this Thanksgiving drop-off. It's yeah. at 11 a.m. You were looking miss... at a way to just get out of class. Yeah, yeah. and I and I won. So I, I, for me, that's a victory that I set my mind to do something in high school. Well, you're you're like the guys. It. You're like the guys at Mass. Like my friend Larry at Mass. Yeah. Uh, I'm like Larry. He he shows up, but he's 
He's kind of the head usher. Yep. So basically what he does, just wander around. Uh, you know, he gets to take a little break and go out in the vestibule. And, and he, he, <laughs> he comes back and checks on the homily. How right, far right. How far are we into it? How are we then doing? He, then he takes off again and wanders around. Well, you know, he's time, there, but time, he really isn't. Time to grab the baskets. Right. You know, or maybe he runs down for a cup of coffee in between going, <laughs> exactly. I got time here. And that's exactly uh, what was going through your mind. If I get this gig, yes. I got carte blanche here to say, uh, you know, I really can't be in history class right now. I have to go. And, uh, we have and, a meeting. I have yeah. a meeting to attend. Hey, Mr. Cody, Cody, I'm sorry. I can't uh, make it to your class. I'm. Uh, is he still there, by the way? No, I think he's retired. Is he that old? Yeah. Tom Cody? Yeah, he's uh, he's probably in his. No. I'm 50. He's got to be 70. No way. Late, very, very late 60s. What, Maybe, I guess. What was your, um when you decided to run, you yeah. obviously had a yeah. platform. Did you have a, did you have a what was your slogan? slogan? Yeah. yeah. Uh, go to the polls and vote for the poll. Oh, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Double your, double your senior year pleasure. And I, I had my mom, oh my, my mom, who's a great artist, did the Wrigley Spearmint yeah. or the Doublemint. Yeah. Double your pleasure and a piece and it showed a piece of spearmint gum and go to the polls and vote for the poll and kind of some calligraphy. And then, see, Schmitty's signs were really crummy. Yeah. It was just a, a picture of, Schmitty was a big tough guy. So basically, this was a, a, a contest of signs. Yes, and Schmitty's were, he was a really good football player, and he was tackling someone in a, in a, a lame, put-together, black-and-white photo. Yeah. And it says, let Schmitty tackle your problems. Oh. It just, <laughs> oh. it was, and it was written like in crayon, you know, oh. all that Schmitty could do at that time in his life. But uh, I think my signs were more attractive, and that may have been what uh, drew the the mass 11 members of uh, uh, and, and that I beat him. No, your mom's signs were more attractive. Yes, and that Schmitty, that was the controversy. Schmitty accused me of having my mother make the signs and not properly paying for them. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, she's not going to charge me. For Did that. you have a running mate? Did you have a sidekick? Did you? Uh... Uh, no, but basically the rest of the guys that ran for student council were all smart kids. Okay. And they knew who I was, but... Uh, you know, I didn't really. I was a good delegator. Once yeah. I got in office, yeah. and I went to those meetings, one hell of a delegator. Yeah. Hey, is we it, need to uh, check this. Uh, what are we going to yeah, do? Yeah, because like, it, it might have changed. Jim, you it, go. It might My have assistant. dawned on you that you would actually have had to do something. Once I realized that, <laughs> yeah. I said, "I'm the president." Yeah. But I got a class vice president, and he, you know, hey, go ahead and do it. Uh, oh, it's you're good to go. Yeah. Well, let's go down to the hovel and wrap it up. I think we should do show, that. A uh, little post show meeting. Uh, let's do that. GarageLogic.com, as I said previously, you can find all of the other GarageLogic podcasts that you may have missed. You can also find some of the books that are on Joe's bookshelf in Author's Corner. And one of the special treats, we have our own cartoonist in GarageLogic, and he has created wonderful, wonderful cartoons involving all the staff. Take a look at GarageLogic.com, click on Features on the drop-down, and you're going to be good to go. And if you have the chance... Tell others about us. Tell other advertisers about us. And rate us one to five on Apple iTunes. We'll see you next time. Thank you.